Good morning. My name is Danielle Irwin, and I'm going to be reading today from Leviticus chapter 9, verse 18 through chapter 10, verse 5. Then he killed the ox and the ram, the sacrifice of peace offerings for the people. And Aaron's son handed him the blood, and he threw it against the sides of the altar. But the fat pieces of the ox and of the ram, the fat tail and that which covers the entrails and the kidneys and the long lobe of the liver, they put the fat pieces on the breast, and he burned the fat pieces on the altar. But the breast and the right thigh Aaron waved for a wave offering before the Lord as Moses commanded. Then Aaron lifted up his hands towards the people and blessed them. And he came down from offering the sin offering and the burnt offering and the peace offerings. And Moses and Aaron went into the tent of meeting. And when they came out, they blessed the people and the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people. And fire came out from before the Lord and consumed the burnt offering and the pieces of fat on the altar. And when all the people saw it, they shouted and fell on their faces. Now Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, which took his censer and put fire in it and laid incense on it and offered unauthorized fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. And fire came out from before the Lord and consumed them, and they died before the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, this is what the Lord has said. Among those who are near me, I will be sanctified, and before all the people, I will be glorified. And Aaron held his peace. And Moses called Mishael and Elzaphan, the sons of Uziel, the uncle of Aaron, and said to them, come near, carry your brothers away from the front of the sanctuary and out of the camp. So they came near and carried them in their coats out of the camp, as Moses had said. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. morning. Howard Brown, the pastor here at Christ Central Church. And um, I was uh, thinking about, when I was reading that thing, I was thinking oxtails, right? Weren't you? (laughs) Anyway. um, I know y'all were with that nice brown reddish gravy on it. Yes. And you eat around the bone. Yes. But I think the Bible says that part goes to the Lord. Good thing we ain't doing Old Testament worship today, because that part goes to Howard. Um, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Um, yeah, I was trying to find a way to work in this Popeye's chicken thing, so this is how I'm going to work it in. Because Matt yesterday was like, I know you're going to try to find a way to work in the Popeye's chicken versus Chick-fil-A thing in. You know, many people complain, you know, Pastor Brown is back. That means the sermon's going to be long. I know y'all spent about an hour in line for that Popeye's chicken sandwich. Can you tarry for God's word? I promise that 1,700 milligrams of salt in that chicken, this is going to be better for you in the long run. It won't be that long. It won't be that long. I did wait in the line, though. It was worth it. It was good. So, all right. There's a video out with us in it, right? You put the video out, Kelly? Okay. You'll see my, my vote on it. I'm not going to do that this morning as I give you all the word of God. We continue the second sermon 
of a series I've entitled, I've renamed it now, Summer Confessions, where, you know, I've been off um, in, in kind of a mini sabbatical. I was off for like six weeks, and I want to share some of the lessons I learned, I think, that God gave me, and, uh, and I journaled about them, and there's some things like you get little picture lessons, situational lessons, and I want to share with you. It is my hope that these reflections not only connect with some of your regular summer experiences, um, but help illustrate and illuminate what God wants to share with us from the lessons in his word. So Nadab and Abihu, the oldest sons of Aaron, the first Levitical priest, they assisted their pops in the family business, right? of being priests, helping set up and assist in the worship activities of the tabernacle. The tabernacle, if you didn't know, was basically mobile church, a tent that could be packed up and set up again um, as the Israelites traveled in the desert, freshly freed from Egyptian slavery, as they journeyed with God's presence leading them with a with a pillar of cloud in the day and a pillar of fire by night through the desert to the promised land. With the priesthood, there was lots of fire building, fire management, fire grilling in the Old Testament style worship services. Though authorized to help in various ways, as you heard, Aaron's sons misstepped and took some liberties around the fire, and it cost them their lives. God wants to have a loving relationship with us like he did with the Israelites through the priesthood, through the tabernacle worship, but like Nadab and Abihu, we can easily, in taking extra liberties in our worship and life before God, cause things to become distasteful between us and the Lord. So there are three things I want us to see about living in faithful relationship with a holy God as broken people in this fallen world. First, this passage teaches us that the Lord definitely gives us guidance. He has given us guidance. Secondly, the Lord is a fire. And finally, the Lord has a recipe to redeem us. He gives us guidance. He is a fire, and he has a recipe to redeem us. Leviticus, I understand, is not a book of the Bible you would choose to do leisure Bible devotional reading. And apart from a few action stories like we read from this morning, Leviticus, along with Numbers, is exactly what its title means. Book, right? Directions, instructions, like our denomination's book of church order, we call the big blue sleeping pill, right? Leviticus is 98% instruction manual for doing tabernacle worship, and it was necessary. And Levitical priests like Aaron and his sons were called by God to do worship as Levites by the book. 
to uphold the regulations of doing worship. And the Levitical law, the Old Testament, this is how you worship law, is another example of the Lord giving through his words to them, giving to human beings like me and you, his people in particular, people who would become his people, guidance in how to know and relate to him. It's in the book so we can live by the book and be people of the book. So our reading begins with Aaron doing worship at the tabernacle, doing various sacrifices in God's presence for the forgiveness of sins of the people, lifting up prayers before God of the people, and then going into the tent with the tabernacle, tent within the tabernacle tent. You know, tabernacle was this, uh, it had these uh, cloth um, uh, uh, surrounding around it. Right, and, and then on the inside of that tent was another tent called the Tent of Meeting, where the high priest would be going into God's presence as a representative for the people. What I want us to recognize is that Aaron and then Moses, who received the word of God, heard and read God's worship guide and followed it to the letter. And a takeaway, of course, for us today is the centrality of God's word for our lives. The Bible. That in it and by it, the Lord has spoken. And he's given directions, what I would call and what we call in, in our denomination, the regulative principle for life and worship. And he's revealed what it means to live and do life and worship, a personally involved, invested, and interested holy God. Hear this. He shows up in holiness and power and glory like he did before people out of respect for his guidance and directions. God is saying, you want to be where I am? You want to be where and how I want you to be? He provides guidance, a direction, a biblical GPS on this is how God is going to show up. This is where he's going to be. You be like this in this place, in this way, doing these things, and I will meet you there. I like grilling. Halfway because I like grilled food and halfway out of pride. I see some of y'all grilling. I want to be like you. Smoking and grilling. She asked me smoking or grilling. Ain't no or and. When I grilled this summer, smoked this summer, smoking meat. You know, in this culture, I got to make it clear. Like many of you. I normally did a lot of reading about smoking meat and grilling. I, I'm not going to say smoking meat anymore. Y'all got it. And I watched some of my share. I watched my share of YouTube videos on these smoke masters, these grill masters. And there is something not only about having it read, I mean, rating it in a direction for smoking and grilling, that, but there's something about watching it on YouTube that makes it stick as you see, as you read and then hear about it and then express like in story form, like we see here in the Bible. It, it is like watching and seeing and hearing in his word. 
In the Bible, we have stories. We have poetic expressions. We have history. We have allegory. And then we have straight up directions and laws like we have in most of the book of Leviticus. God is telling us, this is how you connect with me. This is how it works. This is how you relate. This is how you can have a relationship with me. This is what I'm like. This is what I like, right? This is what will make the life I am and have given to you and created for you work the way it can for you. This is how you find and give worth in this life. But as this passage shows us, this is no ordinary relationship. This is no ordinary connection. The Israelites and now we in God's presence as God's people are dealing with. This God, their God, our God is a fire. He's fire, y'all. The Bible says a holy and consuming fire. Let's look again at verse 23. It says here, and Moses and Aaron went into the tent of meeting, that tent within the tent where God's presence was. And when they came out, they blessed the people. That means they met with God and it actually came out alive. Woohoo! They made it. <laughs> and the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people. And it says, fire came out. Remember, God's presence is sitting there, right? In some form, some people think it was a fiery cloud up there, right? And, 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 the, and, and, and fire came out from before the Lord, and it consumed the burnt offering and the pieces of fat on the altar. And when all the people saw it, they shouted and fell on their faces. And so you have the tent of the meeting here, the, the inner tent, and then outside of that, closer to the, to, to the entrance of the tabernacle, you had this altar, and people could see the, the altar and the fire. And so when, the, when fire came out from the presence of God where they can see it, it, it hit the altar and it cooked everything and people fell on their faces and shouted to God. Then it says this, now Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, each took his censer. A censer is the, the thing that burns incense. You might have seen it in the Orthodox or some Catholic church ceremonies. It's a, it's a metal, sometimes gold um, incense holder. And, and you people uh, will have it and, the, and they'll swing it and the incense will go in the air. That's what a censer is. The Bible says they each took his censer and, and put fire in it and laid incense on it and offered unauthorized fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded. And the Bible says again, fire came out from before the Lord and consumed them. And they died before the Lord. So we have Aaron and Moses confirmed by God. As they follow the word, these are my representatives. This is how you approach me, right? They follow the instructions by a fire blast to the sacrifice that says, I'm pleased with this. They lived. I'm, blow, I'm blowing up the sacrifice and not them. And I don't know what got into Nadab and Abihu. I looked at some commentaries and nobody knows. After the crowd shouted and bowed down, I thought maybe they got real excited, wanted to do an extra special chair before the God. I don't know. You know how something happens, a football, a football, a touchdown is scored, and people get a little extra? I don't know. Maybe they got real excited or were feeling good about themselves or got happy and wanted to do a dance in the end zone of the tent of meeting. But the Bible says they took their censers. They are incense holders, you know, and, 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 and they take it. And from all I studied... Right? 
Sensors had a place, a time, a purpose, an instance of burn, and a way you, it, it, there was a certain way you had to do it. And, and Nadab and Abihu took some, as the Bible calls it, unauthorized liberties in how they did it. You're only supposed to start a fire at the tent, get this, with coals that come from the altar. Apparently, they took coals from someplace else. They went and got Kingsford. I don't know. They used something. Hey, look, they had a sale on some coal. Lump charcoal. Good stuff, right? I'm going to do my own thing. Got to be happy. They used their own coal. They went out of order in doing the incense. This wasn't a time for it. There was an order of worship, right? They, 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 and, and, and they were out of place. Moses and Aaron already did the thing they were supposed to do, right? And, and, uh, they got all close before going through the right ceremony procedures like Aaron and Moses made sure they had. Nadab and Abihu, by all indications, were being extra. Not doing something overtly evil, not getting up and saying, Lord isn't God, God isn't Lord, or anything, or doing some kind of idol worship. Well, outwardly idol worship, lifting up some kind of, you know, uh, statue. But they, how do my boys say it? They had too much dip on their chip. <laughs> right? I, I know this is hard because we think. It's God. We can do what we want. I'm going to feel a little extra. I'm going to add a little bit to what God's already said. They decided to fire up and burn something the way they shouldn't. To worship and show out in an unprescribed way. And God, like a bad night on the Apollo, they got sandman. Right? God threw a deadly penalty flag for foul play, a legal worship procedure. They, in their minds, might have been keeping it real, but this is a situation when keeping it real goes wrong. Right? How do they say in Indiana Jones? You have chosen poorly. So earlier this year, my story. I, I, I'm a little extra for those who know me. I looked at the directions. You can't say amen. You live with me. That ain't right. You my wife. Come on. A legal procedure. So earlier this year, I read all the directions. I learned about smoking and grilling because I'm an academic person. I like, I like to read when it benefits me. I don't like just to read. I like to watch movies, right? I like YouTube. I don't want no book, okay? Even though I do it for a living, I read a lot and it irritates me. Anyway, but I read and seeing the kind of grill folks had for smoking. I had already, just so you know, successfully, I built a homemade kind of vertical smoker, which means the fire's on the bottom, you know, you have a water level, and then you have the meat level, right? Basic, okay? It's too complicated for most of y'all. And so, <laughs> and, you, and the fire comes up, it's vertical, right? Whoop, 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 right up, okay? I built it out of old parts I had, some old grill I had, and some stuff I salvaged from the junkyard. I was proud of myself. And the meat came out okay. 
even though maintaining the fire was hard and the paint was melting off the stuff. And I don't know if we ate any toxins or I pulled any in. Things I used in construction, had to replace it, was melting away. It was a real hardship. But I was basically good in my own mind. Like some of y'all. Y'all don't have to think about my... Y'all have built plenty of things. So don't, don't be teasing me. I'm the pastor. I know some of the stuff y'all built. And it's melting and falling apart, okay? Why well, I had to say that? That wasn't nice. I was pretty good. Good enough with my own skills. So I decided to build my own firebox to add to another grill I had to do some offset smoking. Where you have the firebox, right? That, that you burn the wood and coal hot and, 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 and then the heat and the smoke come over uh, 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 sideways, right? Horizontally into the meat compartment and smoke it, okay? Y'all don't even have to watch YouTube. I told y'all, all right? You see, I had this grill my dad gave me and it had this connection point for a firebox, right? It had the little places where you would add the firebox on the end so you could smoke in this compartment. You know, he gave me one that didn't have a firebox with it. And I realized, you know, it had a certified, y'all heard that? Authorized, made for the grill firebox to do side smoking, right? So I went to Lowe's and I saw the price tag on that thing. I went to Amazon, saw the price tag, and I thought, I already built one. I can do my own. So off to the city dump. I got a regular grill. I cut a hole in the side of it to match the standard grill's hole. Got some old furnace parts and voila, side smoker. It was a little too tall. It was shaky because I had to take some pieces off the legs to make it fit. The steel, steel was a little light, so not great. Yeah, I had to put some bricks on the top grate to keep the heat in and going sideways. This ain't going too well. I probably spent just as much money making that work as if I'd gotten a regular one. But I was excited. I had stuck it to the man at Lowe's. What's the man named Bruton Smith? I got over. I lit the fire, put some coal in, and then without studying that much about how to do it. It worked the first time, y'all. Sort of. But the second time, I'm like, I see these guys using logs, like real logs and not coal. I wanted to lose log, use logs. And boy, that flame went high. It looked good so far. So Harrison comes down as I'm getting my fire ready and says, Dad, I need a ride to work. Kelly's not there. And I asked Clark, my 15-year-old, a trusty 15-year-old, a trustworthy 15-year-old boy to keep an eye on it while I take Harrison to work. It ain't his fault. I'm the daddy. So Clark, it ain't you, son. It's about me. Sorry. I didn't ask if I could use you. I'm so sorry. That's, it is bad. I'm not supposed to use them without asking. Okay. So I take Harrison to work at Chick-fil-A. And on the way back, 
I'm coming down the hill, right? <laughs> in my car. And you can see the back porch of my house. You can see the deck and the banister and the spindles are on fire. I ran in. I might have even parked on the grass. I ran in, and Clark was upstairs watching TV or playing a video game, and I yelled, fire, out back. And he ran down, and using the big cup and the water hose, we put the fire out. I realized that it turns out that the flame from the firebox got so big because of that wood, it got so hungry for air. It flamed out the hinge crack. Because you remember I had a shaky grill? Well, it didn't close all the way, and it had this little gap in the back. And it couldn't find air because I was smothered, and it went out the back. And when it went out the back, it caught the banister on fire. What did I do wrong? A lot. I used an unauthorized way of dealing with fire. I was self-ambitious. I was ambitious. I wanted glory for beating the system and being my own man. I added raw logs too big. My firebox was not built to contain the fire. And worse, I walked away from a consuming fire. I did not respect the fire, did I? I had more respect for my control. And for my convenience and my plan and my genius, then I did for fire. In this passage, in the Bible, God is the fire. A holy fire. A holy fire in your life. Not only there to guide us, but it is in its nature. To, to, it is his nature to burn hot with virtue and value and love and power and divine bling, right? Apart from us. Look at verse 3 again. It says here, then Moses said to Aaron, this is what the Lord has said. Among those who are near me, I will be sanctified. And before all people, I will be glorified. As a holy, right? A.K.A. sanctified is another way of saying holy. As he says here, a holy fire, the Lord is saying. He is, that he is saying that he is unusual and alien to our everyday experience. Like fire, God is doing his own thing. His own way. When he wants to, his personality and nature is a holy fire that cannot and will not be contained just because you tell him to. Or because you and I had a good idea or idea about where to put God in our life or how our religion should go, where we will let ourselves believe it or not. Right, I don't believe in God like that, right? I don't believe in Old Testament God. You're trying to contain a fire. Or because you are hoping real hard that God will appreciate and do what you want with your broken and fallen attempts to have and order him in your life. Like I learned fire, a holy fire does not listen to you. It doesn't stay because you think it should. Or, you know, oh, it just feels right. Man, when I left that fire, I expected to come back and everything to be great just because I thought it felt like I had it under control. It burns. I learned something about fire that day. It burns and moves with a mind and passion and determination to get glory in its own. God burns and holiness, and glory 
He still does, y'all. This ain't no Old Testament thing only. This is who he is. And like fire feeds on the air. If you try to close him up or show him up or try to make his word, no big deal to have to follow. He's just God. He ain't doing nothing. He's Santa Claus in the sky. You know, he's just, you know, God is my homeboy. Let me get a tattoo with it. Right. Or, you know, or, or try to make him or his stuff in an unauthorized manner. He will for holiness and glory like the flame in my smoker that day. And like he did against Aaron's sons, he will. He's shown over and over. He will break out of whatever self-authorized manner you are seeking to contain or define him in. Like a flame to air, God is saying, I will get my glory. I will show myself holy. I will be who I am in this world and in your lives. Interesting that the more magnanimous our unauthorized relating to God and worship and life, ironically, the stronger the flame Remember I tried to put them big logs on there? That's like our dreams. That's like our desires. We wanted to go, we're trying to tell God, burn hotter, burn faster, work in this way. Let me add some more logs. Or let me add some more logs of my desire in my dream. Let me put a big one. Y'all have come up with so many ideas about what it means to worship God and follow God. And you build up a plan. You read all these books. That's all fuel for the fire. And you got all this stuff. And oh, this is what it means to follow God. And you throw it on the fire and boom, boom. It blows up in your face and you wonder why. I wonder if Nadab and Abihu were being hasty. Right? It wasn't time, but they got excited. You know, I did learn this. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Terrence, our resident smokers. Matt won yesterday. Congratulations. Sorry, I hope you don't get burned just because you got the glory right there. I'm just kidding. Um, but smoking meat, they taught me, it's all about cooking low and slow. I always like to cook on high. <laughs> right? If you start to feel and want to raise the heat too fast because it's taking too much time, it takes too long, well, meat will be tough and not have the taste it is intended. Right. If you're pressing God right. to, to do something for you quicker, if you go ahead of his ambition, if you're rushing ahead of the Lord or putting your ambition or hunger or desire for attention or to feel or be important or not need to be so needy, right? Not wanting to let people or God into your lives. You kind of put your uh, pride and, and your control ahead of the Lord or some of us refuse to be emotional during worship. Right, we want to smother it, right? We, we want to, re, we refuse to, to let go of, of what we want worship to be about. Some of us refuse to, to give in to, to what it means to be in the church, right? To what it means to have tabernacle worship even among us right now through Christ Jesus, right? You're against the church, the institution. You know, you don't want to be around all these corny, scary, weak, powerless Christians. I don't like what that looks like. But that is God set up for his glory and his holiness, right? And when we begin to handle things even in our disappointment with how slow God works and how quiet God seems and how... how how, how um, invisible he seems in our lives, and it will force us to taste bitterness in life. All 
if we seek to smother or feed God the holy fire with our faulty plans. Like I did. If you feed and smother the Lord with the wrong stuff, (laughs) you will learn God like a fire will not cooperate. But I also want you to see that God is a consuming fire. So we see two things he consumes, the sacrifice and the people cheer. You know, I, I don't want to take away from the, the sheer experience of what that must have been like. This wasn't, and, and, and Amari and Pastor Amari and Pastor Josh and I talked about it this week as we looked at some, some miracle happenings in Scripture. And, and the first thing that came out of my mouth was something like, oh, he understood that righteousness comes from God alone. No, it wasn't no theological thing only. He had an experience that gave him a theological perspective. And so when they saw that fire hit, oh, my gosh, you know what it said? God's holy and he don't play, Right? When I was cooking that day, that fire, seeking oxygen, got free from my smothering, ambitious, unauthorized firebox. And it burned. And it consumed everything for and in its way. What was supposed to be consumed was good for, for good by God and good for the people. The authorized sacrifice on the, uh, on the authorized altar done by God's authorized priest. And that made the people happy that a holy fire had consumed the sacrifice and not them. Right? They cared because this relationship with God, his way was happening and working. Considering how hot he burned with holiness and how dry the people lived in sin and brokenness, it was a formula for disaster. And so when God burned the altar, it turned into a God-given plan for relationship. But Nadab and Abihu smothered and covered and confused God's holiness in, in living and worshiping extra and additional and without clear direction and disrespect for the holy fire that was God. And so God consumed them. And here's why. They, for whatever motive, what they did was a distraction. Hear carefully and a detraction from the message and moment and experience God wanted to have with his people. What we see is that God consumes and makes a statement about anything or anyone or any fallen action that would disturb his desire and drive to have relationship as a holy God with you and me, his people, and those who would become his people. He, the holy fire, will automatically, by nature, consume our sin. He will move our failed attempts at self-righteousness out of the way, our idols, the ones deep in the motives of our hearts, out of his way, out of our way of seeing him for who he really is out of our way of experiencing him and knowing him and having him revealed to us our goodness our righteousness our arrogance our brilliance our pride and our sin will not survive his holiness or get in the way of him showing and sharing himself the way he wants to who he wants He will not stand by and let us smother and try to contain him in a way where he can't burn hot with his glory and holiness in our lives. He promises 
to consume it. Break out of it. Which makes me ask, in fear and a desire to see and know God, and that he knows and sees you, how are we seeking to strangle off or upstage or hold back short change rewrite rig up or attach our lives to god or the faith or make worshiping and hearing the lord from the lord more convenient and expedient for us and not according to his word and his holy character sometimes i'll say it's just too hard sorry god got to go this way. God's not like, okay, I don't care. <laughs> it is his nature to be holy. And when we are not, it does not change him. And when we are not, it doesn't change the heat of his holiness, the power. It, it, it doesn't change his glory. God does not change like that. We move, we change, but God does not change. The tabernacle worship was a way for them to do church. Old Testament style with open flame, fire grilled, animal sacrifices for the forgiveness of sins. And, and so they could see and experience that God was still with them and pleased with them. And that experience, being near God and with God, would transform them and not us to be, and, and, and transform them and make us more what he wants us to be. That our relationship with God, guess what? Would not burn us, but beautify us. Not destroy us, but embrace us. Not blow us off, but bring us closer to him and each other. But you have to ask how. We all got a little Nadab and Abihu in each one of us. We all extra. We all have built altars that God ain't called you to build. You know, the altar, if I pray this way, God will give me what I want, you know? Man, when I was in college, it was so funny. Man, church was packed before exam week. I said it was like the thriller video, people coming out. I've been to church in a long time. But I got calculus this week, right? Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Prepping on Saturday night, grabbing on Sunday morning, right? Like, we, we have this thing that says if we do this, God's going to do this. How does God deal with us? And how do we deal with him? How y'all in here? Remember I said he don't change? I can't believe y'all ain't burned up yet. Saying his name and God ain't said it? Oh, Lord, I know the Lord told me. How you know? And going forward, and sometimes going forward in ways that the word definitely says you shouldn't go. I'm just feeling so much in love, I have to. What? God gets it. How? How are you his people? How are you up in there talking about you people of God? And you ain't burned up. 
I think we don't think about the fact that we have a relationship with a consuming holy God. And see what we do, and I'm not going to do it. As much as I want to to make it safer for me too, because you know I'm extra. If I'm extra with the grill, I'm extra in my life too. I'm self-righteous in all kinds of ways. As a pastor, you read books all the time. I'd be finding new ways to be self-righteous. <laughs> new ways for God to try to love me, to kind of smother the flame, right? To, to make myself a firebox. Like I, I, I can actually uh, rig my life up enough for God to feel okay living within me just because I'm good enough. Do you see what made the people break and melt before God in worship when the sacrifice was burned up and not them? When God was pleased with the sacrifice and them, then their hearts were melted by the show of his holiness and grace. Yesterday at our grill off, we had a number of smoked items, brisket, pork, chicken. And like the offset smoker that I built, the firebox is where the fire burns and consumes the wood and provides indirect heat and smoke from that fire with low heat that almost, and they said, you want that almost invisible, what they call blue smoke. To let you know the fire is burning hot enough and the fuel of the fire is pure enough and right enough and that it softens the meat. Slowly, cuts of meat that are more often than not impossible to eat, right? Or, or will burn on the direct flame with only outer change but no internal rendering. Do you know that God has called for our lives like the people who were gathered around that tabernacle to, to be like them, they were in the offset of his grace and not have the experience of the judgment of direct holiness and consuming fire. You see, Jesus was sent to be the tabernacle of God. God coming and blazing close to us and with us and in us without burning us. God authorized Jesus to be a perfect priest like Aaron and Moses to represent our humanity before God's holy presence and to with authority be the incense of our prayers before God and like the perfect sacrifice to, to burn for our sins and our extra unauthorized performances. Jesus came into God's holiness, y'all. And he looked like Nadab and Abihu before God, covered with our sin on the cross. He was lifted up before a holy God in our in extra self-righteousness. Anything you could have done wrong, he was lifted up on the cross before a holy and consuming God. And he was burned and consumed for our sin. See, Jesus burned hot in the firebox of God's holy and consuming fire so we could have right relationship with a holy God. He was burned for our sins 
and now burns with God's holiness as our priest. So that our hearts, y'all, and the offset of God's grace in Christ, hardened with sin and arrogance, can be made right before God and softened in the fire of his love. You know what the fire of his love is? That he sent Jesus to burn for you, to die for you, to suffer for you. So that the directions now and guidance and holiness of God is not there to keep us away, to be too hard for us to embrace. But because of Jesus, we can know and see the way to him. There is no other way but Christ Jesus. There is, no un, there is no authorized, uh, other authorized way to have relationship with God and live and worship and have your life change and tasteful, not only to God, but as God promises, between each other. That's right. That's right. Sit in the offset of God's grace so that we can come near to him Amen. and him with us so that we can shout and bow and bend before him. It is a life of fire grilling in a fallen world. Let's pray. Thank you for Jesus. In him and his life is the story, the full story of us making unauthorized, unholy sacrifices and lives and living our lives before you and his coming and taking the burn, the penalty as the perfect sacrifice in the perfect holy priest. Lord, we, we, we can't change. We will continue to live extra unless we begin to believe more and more in the slow and low process of God's sanctification, that Jesus is enough. Help us believe Jesus is enough. Lord, I pray for those who don't know you. Lord, our lives are just distasteful to them even. I pray for those who are pretending that things are okay that are self-assuring that it's not that bad, that are lying to themselves, that they can live this life apart from you. I pray for people in this congregation, believers, Lord, people who claim to believe is us, our family, who again lie to themselves, lie to ourselves, Believing that God will love us more this way or that way, or we do this extra, extra thing. That Lord, the Lord is just there to understand. Help us convince us of Christ Jesus again, the tabernacle. So that we can come near. 
I pray, Lord, that you would continue to season the hearts of your people. Yes, Lord, with that invisible smoke, the invisible smoke of your Holy Spirit, of your grace, changing us and transforming us. We need it so badly. Help us, Lord, not to try to speed the process up with our own righteousness, but help us to stay consistent. Help us to stay with you. We need your grace to do it. Soften our hearts once again with a glimpse of that fire of what you did in Christ Jesus. This I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.